This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Robert Mays, the Athletic Football Show, joins us on the fan. Robert, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? Doing well, guys. How are you doing? Doing very well. Uh, Before we get to this weekend's playoff games, I actually want to start with the coaching cycle. Uh, When's the last time we had this much star power? Not sure where these guys end up or if all of them get jobs, but Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel available. This is abnormal, right? Yeah, it's abnormal, and it's almost like a perfect storm. The amount of things that had to fall into place for this to happen is kind of wild. You know, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, obviously, in their 70s, what happened with Tennessee, where they try to get everything they can out of that aging core with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. It falls short. They lose an offensive coordinator, two offensive coordinators during Vrabel's time. They fail to really replace them. So you have a guy who's a very good head coach, but the record really wasn't commensurate with that for a couple of years. Now he's available. And then the Jim Harbaugh thing just happens to coincide with that, where he wins the national championships and stuff hovering over Michigan. And you've got a cycle where you got four or five quality head coaches, four or five big name head coaches. And there are some years where it feels like we have none. So it's kind of wild to walk. So usually we get the, the usual array, Robert, of, of hotshot young offensive assistants. And there are a couple, I guess, in this cycle. Bobby Sloan comes to mind. But it's it feels like there's not as much interest for the Shane Waldrons, the Brian Callahans, guys that have, you know, have done a lot with not that much, uh, you know, Canales in, in Tampa Bay. Why do you think that is? Is it because they're getting overcrowded or overshadowed maybe by the star power? I think it's a combination of things. I think that the Shanahan McVeigh tree has been well picked over at this point. I mean, for the most part, all those guys who were longtime assistants for that, for those two organizations that kind of are the trees in vogue right now, most of them have already gotten jobs. You know, we're already talking about Bobby Slowick potentially getting head coaching looks. And this is a guy who's been an offensive coordinator for one year because of how few options there are off of that one specific coaching tree. So because that cupboard is a little bit bare, there just aren't that many options. And even the guys who are going to be mentioned in this cycle, you know, two guys that come to mind are Brian Callahan from Cincinnati and Frank Smith from Miami. Neither of those guys call plays. So I think this is a trickle-down effect, in my opinion, of what the last six to seven years of coaching hires and the coaching cycles have looked like. Because all of these offensive coordinators have gotten hired to call plays and all of these guys off the Shanahan-McVay coaching trees have gotten hired to be head coaches, there just aren't that many guys left. And then you combine that with some really good defensive coaching performances this year. So, again, I think it's coming from multiple different directions. Robert Mays of The Athletic on Grant and Danny. Uh, What do you make of Adam Peters to Washington to run their football department as their GM? And then the commander's head coaching opening, the fact that they have the number two pick and the possibility of a quarterback. It's obviously a very exciting offseason here with new ownership in D.C. But from a national perspective, 
and to give me your State of the Union on what might lie ahead. Imagine five years ago, the Washington organization gets to hire a guy that wouldn't take other interviews in previous cycles because he was waiting for the right opportunity. Imagine that's what kind of job the Washington personnel head is. That's, that's his opinion of the job and his opinion of the gig. How difficult would that have been to imagine? And now it seems like we've arrived there where this is a good opportunity. This is something that people want. This is somewhere people want to be. And I think that's the message being sent with a guy like Adam Peters, who had been in demand for the last couple cycles, deciding this was his time to jump at one of these chances. And I think that says a whole lot. Where do we go from here? In other words, like the hire is exciting. Everyone knows. But they still seem to be going towards that unknown when it comes to head coach. They're not interviewing Vrabel or Belichick or, or some of the guys that have kind of you know put their stamp on some things, had some success elsewhere. Is that a riskier approach? I don't think that's necessarily a riskier approach for a couple different reasons. If you're Atlanta and you've already spent, you know, this is the first year that Atlanta had really put a lot of cash into their roster over the last couple of seasons after tearing it down. There is some urgency there for Atlanta to win right away. And I understand looking at Bill Belichick and saying, this is our best chance to win 10 games in the division next year. If you're Washington, I understand taking it a little bit slower than that. You're going to be drafting a quarterback most likely with the second overall pick. You still have a roster that has a lot of holes. It's a, bl- it's a blank slate in a good way. You've got a ton of different resources, but this team still has a little ways to go. You know, they're two or three years away from competing, and I think the biggest thing that you have to prioritize if you're Washington is the development and the ecosystem built around your young quarterback. And if you look at the job that Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel have done over the last couple of years, that's not necessarily where I would turn. I think those are guys that are better options for teams that have 2024 playoff aspirations, and justifiably so. With Washington, I can understand wanting to go a little bit younger and understanding that your runway to this thing is a little bit longer than it is for some other teams. Robert May is with us on the fan. One last uh, question kind of about the offseason and coaching before we get into the playoff divisional round coming up this weekend with two games on Saturday and a pair on Sunday. The two jobs everyone's wondering about after the fallout of this past weekend, Mike McCarthy in Dallas, Nick Sirianni in Philly, do you think either of those guys gets fired? The Cowboys are so hard to pin down because for so long, people classified Jerry Jones as somebody who would make this sort of decision. He'd fire a coach after the guy won double-digit games and the division. And in reality, he's been the opposite of that. He's been very patient with his coaching decisions for the most part. Garrett, Jason Garrett was there for nine years. Jason Garrett had a lot of fits and starts during his tenure there. So Jerry Jones has been more patient than I think most people give him credit for. I think the change there is that this is a competitive roster. It's a playoff caliber roster, and he's getting a little bit older. So I could understand him looking at the results at the end of the season and just saying, we need to do something to change this. We can't have these moments during the regular season that feel promising and then peter out in the playoffs and get our doors blown off every single year. Something has to change. In Philadelphia, it's just harder for me to get there. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. It's only been three years of Nick Sirianni. Both of his coordinators got hired away. And that's one of the biggest differences is that Mike McCarthy sent Kellen Moore out of town. Both of Nick Sirianni's coordinators got hired away to be head coaches. So with Philadelphia specifically, I think that they have a lot of soul-searching to do with some of the holes in their approach and what the offense looked like against teams that really like to bring a lot of pressure. But I think that's more about building out the staff, building up 
certain answers to what your offense looks like, I think firing him would be a big step. That would surprise me. The McCarthy one wouldn't necessarily surprise me. All right, let's get to the games this weekend, Robert. Let's start chronological. Texans at Ravens. This Texan story, it feels like house money. They're, they play hard. C.J. Stroud's a star. But, you know, people have been overlooking Baltimore all year, and they've been outstanding. How do you see it? It's a great matchup. Uh, C.J. Stroud against this Ravens defense is maybe the thing I'm most excited to watch this weekend, just based on the way that he's playing. The problem is this Ravens defense has done a phenomenal job against offenses in this general universe. You think about what they did against the Niners and so many of the ideas that the Texans are trotting out come directly from that Niners offense. So, And that's the difference between the Ravens and the Browns, for example. If you look at a ton of metrics and which defense has been the best in the league this year, the Ravens and the Browns are 1-2 in pretty much anything you look at. The Browns are, an, are a defense that's easily solvable. They play a lot of man coverage. They're easily manipulatable. They're a little bit predictable. They really rode their talent to their results. The Ravens are the exact opposite of that. The Ravens are going to throw so much stuff at you. It's like a junk ball pitcher. And they've been really successful against these sorts of offenses. I mean, they faced a gauntlet in the back half of the season. They played the Niners, the Rams, the Dolphins, and now they get the Texans. And those offenses are all from kind of a similar world. And I think that Mike McDonald and that Ravens defense has answers to that sort of system that a lot of other defenses in the league just haven't been able to find this year. Packers 49ers is the second game on Saturday in the primetime window. They're in San Francisco, the other of the one seeds. Green Bay blew out Dallas. This is a matchup of you know a mentor and a mentee, right? Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, we had them here in the nation's capital. And Jordan Love looks like the real deal. What do you make of this game? It's hard to not be excited about what the Packers offense looks like right now. And I say I could see them still moving the ball pretty well. They're playing an elite level. Jordan Love's playing at an elite level. It's just hard for me to imagine this Packers defense slowing down the Niners really at all. The Packers defense has specific weak points, especially down the spine of it. They're rotating linebackers. They've had very few answers to safety the entire year. There is no offensive coordinator, no play caller in the NFL that is better at finding those weak points and exploiting them over and over and over again than Kyle Shanahan is. So even if it's easy to be optimistic about where the Packers' offense is, I still just think that the Niners' offense is going to have their way with Joe Barry in that unit. Robert, next game on the docket, Buccaneers-Lions. I've just felt so happy for so many Lions fans that I know. Just You could feel the release and the electricity in that building. But this Tampa team, I've always liked Todd Bowles as a coach. I know he gets beat up an awful lot, especially when it comes to calling defense. They blitzed Philadelphia. It felt like every single drop back. I bet you they do something similar to try to uh, bother Jared Goff. How do you see this one? Because they played earlier this year, but it feels like this is a different sort of Bucks team than the one that we saw earlier in the season, especially on defense. They've been banged up on defense for a good chunk of the season. There are guys in and out of the lineup. Devin White got benched at one point. He's been playing much better since then. I think that some of their younger pieces defensively have really stepped up, whether that's Yaya Diaby or Kalijah Kansi. So I'll be curious to see what the game plan is from Tampa's side of this because the Lions offense is so good and the Lions offense is so well-designed, well-coordinated. I wonder if we're going to see a hyper-aggressive approach from Bowles where he's just saying, you know what, we're going to throw every blitz we have at them and just live and die with that sort of variance. And I think that's probably the right approach. And we'll see what happens because Jared Goff has actually been pretty good when teams have sent extra bodies at him. So I think the Bucks' best chance here is just to kind of dirty this game up and see how it goes. I do think that the Bucks offense against the Lions defense, that's one area where I think that the Lions defense is playing well enough to give the Bucks problems. The Eagles defense is such a mess right now 
that the Bucks moved the ball pretty well. But you look back at the previous couple games that Tampa played, it's not like this offense is clicking on all cylinders. Baker Mayfield's been better than we thought he was going to be, but I think that's all relative compared to how you would look at them with the rest of the other offenses that they're going to have to play against in the NFC. Brings us to the grand finale. The wait ends for Kansas City-Buffalo around earlier than we've seen it uh, and expected it maybe in the past. 6.30 East time kick on Sunday afternoon. This is the only game odds makers feel like it's going to be tight. Two-and-a-half-point line, Bills favorite at home. We've never seen Mahomes go on the road in the playoffs and have to knock a team off. As much as I love the Bills, you can't be more injured than they are, especially after this past weekend. So I don't know what to do with a pick in this game. How you feeling? It's really tough with them on defense. I mean, they've got injuries throughout their entire back seven. And hopefully they get closer to health than they were last week. I think Russell Douglas said he might be able to play and couldn't last week. It's only a sprained ankle for Terrell Bernard, so we'll see what the timetable on him is. That's the one thing that really makes me worry about the Bills in this game. If they were at full strength on defense, their defense has been playing much better. The offense is so much more flexible and versatile than it's been in years past that I actually have more faith in them than I probably have compared to previous seasons. But the problem is I think this Chiefs team, we saw what they were capable of last week. And the model that they were going to have to follow if they were going to go far, far in this year's playoffs compared to years past is they were going to have to lean on their running game and they were going to have to lean on their defense. And there were issues with both at times down the back half of the year, but they really clicked into place last week. A guy like Trey Smith, their right guard, who had been shown a ton of flashes in his first couple seasons but hadn't been quite as consistent this year, he was phenomenal last week. You look at the way their defensive front which it was a retooled unit over the last couple of years, played against that Miami offensive line. So I think we saw, in a lot of ways, the best version of this Chiefs team that we had seen all year last week against Miami. And I think that's why they may be a little bit more dangerous than people are giving them credit for. If you got to pick a Super Bowl matchup right now this minute, who are you, who are you selecting? I'm still going with Baltimore and San Francisco. I just think they're the best teams. I think that they've been the best teams all year. I think that the, what those teams can do on offense and defense – the maturation that we've seen from the Ravens' offense under Todd Mockin, obviously year one in a new system. you got to sort through that, figure it out. They've really come into their own. Lamar's playing fantastic football, and I truly think they have the best defense in football. And then you go to the flip side, the Niners have been unbelievable this year. I think people are going to look at that game against the Ravens on Christmas and have their doubts about what Brock Purdy is and about what the offense is, but this unit down-to-down has been one of the best offenses of the last decade. And that didn't change because of one game. And it's not like their defense was full of slouches either. So I still think that if we're being honest, those teams are cut above everyone else. But I think that Kansas City and Buffalo are knocking on the door. And if one of those guys knocked off the Ravens next week, I would not necessarily be shocked. So we'll end the conversation here, and it's kind of an odd time to follow up with this as you just picked the Ravens and the Niners to go to the Super Bowl. But if one of those two one seeds – in these nine-and-a-half-point spread games, we're to lose. And we're talking about a stunner where the Texans or the Packers on the road are going to play for a conference championship. Which team do you think is more on upset watch if there's such a thing? It's a great question. I think it's the Ravens. I think it's the Ravens just because I think C.J. Stroud is so dangerous right now. And I think that Baltimore's offense – in my opinion, is capable of kind of falling into a rut more than the Niners' offense is. 
I would be more surprised by the Niners' offense laying an egg against Green Bay than I would about the Ravens' offense. Excuse me. I'd be, yeah, I'd be more surprised about the, the Packers' off or Niners' offense laying an egg against Green Bay than I would about the Ravens' offense laying an egg against the Texans. So I think the combination of a little bit more inconsistency from the passing game in Baltimore and what C.J. Stroud can give you makes that game slightly more interesting to me. Rob, a great combo, man. Really appreciate the time. Enjoy the games this weekend. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Check him out, the athletic football show, Robert Mays, on Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.